Hey everybody, welcome to Coruscant Radio Underground, the Star Wars podcast of the sciencefictionary.com. I'm Marisha Gore, and I'm here tonight with my wonderful, amazing husband, Andrew. Welcome to another episode. We're very glad to have you here listening, and once again, we don't have a Robbie or a Daniel. Well, Daniel's being a grown-up. Robbie's doing Mardi Gras, so... (laughs) So now, if Robbie's off having fun, Daniel's working hard, so... Hopefully, we'll have them back. Marisha will be gone next week. Oh, and by the way, I've been informed that we're going to see Captain Marvel without you. If you I'm going to see Captain Marvel without y'all, too. So, <laughs> Yeah, apparently, um, Jonathan told Cindy, well, I don't care. If Andrew doesn't come, that's just too bad on him. We'll go see a movie without him. <laughs> yeah, we've got that one coming out this weekend. So, Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm curious to see how it how it is. It looks good. Most of the reviews have been, it's good, maybe not great. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, if it's a mid-tier Marvel film, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Probably wanted something a little bigger than that for this particular movie, but... Yeah. It is what it is, and, you know, we'll the see. The girls are going to love it. I'm not going to I'm not gonna prejudge it before I've seen it. I want to see it. And everything not I've as seen, much as I want to see Shazam. Everything I've seen is an indication that it's good. That it's a good movie. Yeah. That I, it I might so. be lacking in some areas, but that it's overall, it's a it's a good entry into the MCU. Yeah. And of course we got Shazam and that's really cool with like the back and forth between Marvel and DC and the yeah. history between right. the characters that, how did you end up with those two movies? Captain dropping, Marvel and Shazam. Dropping literally right. a month apart from each other. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, but it's kind of hard not to be mostly stoked about Shazam around here because we have a four-year-old Shazam-obsessed child. He pretty much stomped, after that first trailer came around, he stomped around for the next week going, I can't even pee in this thing! (laughs) (laughs) Just randomly. It was one of those things you hope that he didn't like just say in public (laughs) for no good reason. Oh, the things that he will say in public. (laughs) Things that will not be repeated on this show tonight. Yeah, (laughs) that's the thing about having kids. You don't have kids to like. If you have kids to make yourself look better, you have made a like serious judgment error. You've made a a terrible mistake. Yes. (laughs) So we got that coming out this weekend. Is there anything else? Like, I mean, there's been a lot of cool sci-fi news. We've started. You know, Amazon has started teasing you know, in the fantasy realm amazon has started teasing the tolkien stuff yeah, a little bit i've been reading lord of the rings again i guess i started at the beginning of the year i read the hobbit okay andrew would correct you didn't actually read it you listened to it on audible all right well i listened to the book then <laughs> so i'm i've made it through uh through the council of elrond and the fellowship of the ring and i just man i love me some tolkien Although I think I'm getting ready to take a break. I'm reading it with a group and I'm pretty sure I'm like several chapters ahead of everybody else. So I think I'm going to take a break and spring for the audiobook for Queen Shadow because I'm getting ready to be driving to Orlando, which is like 12 hours. And the kids are going to be in the back seat watching the same movie over and over and over. So I think I'm going to listen to a book, a new book. Yeah, I tried to talk Iana into taking a break. She finished her second Harry Potter novel. She's very proud of herself. Uh, if you listen to our other podcast, uh, The Padawan Report, you will hear Iana talking Star Wars there. But 
uh, she's, she's nine years old. She just finished her second Harry Potter novel and I tried to convince her to take a break and do the Hobbit. No, no, it's not happening. (laughs) She's, she's going to finish those Harry Potter novels before I convince her to read anything else. I can already tell that. Yeah. I mean, she's been, she's got some historical fiction that she's decided is kind of pseudo related to school. And I think she likes to kind of read things kind of related to what we're studying we're, you know, we just finished uh, Egypt and we're doing Greece now. So she's been reading about Cleopatra. Okay. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think as far as just pleasure reading, I don't think anything else is going to happen until she's done with Harry Potter. All right. Well, we can kind of get a little bit into Star Wars. We already mentioned us. Uh, you got your new copy of Queen, Queen Shadow. Shadow. Yeah, it came in today. I'm super excited, especially since there was a tweet a couple of weeks ago that the author uh, tweeted out and she had color coded all the descriptions of cost of dresses in the book. And I just saw it. I was like, Oh yes, this is going to be exciting. So already I haven't started the book yet, but I'm already making plans for a group for my girls and myself for um, dragon con for, for some new, uh, new Padme costumes. That's going to be yeah. great. Yeah, hopefully we'll have as good of a Star Wars author panel at Dragon Con as we did this past yeah, year. We it was had a phenomenal. fantastic panel this past year. Unfortunately, all our kids were like super droopy by that point, so we didn't like get to go meet any of the people. I think well, next the, time the kids aren't. They enjoy the cons. Sometimes I don't understand why they enjoy the cons because I don't <laughs> think they know what's going on half the time. Yeah. Because they're just so they're so small, they're so so young right now. Right. But they just don't like panels. And no, I don't. Okay, now let. Here's the thing that they enjoy about cons, is people going, "Oh, look how cute!" That's what they like about cons. That's true. I mean, like, what kind of response do we get whenever they wear something that they feel like does not garner adequate attention? They're like, "I'm wearing something cuter tomorrow." <laughs> <laughs> There's no point in walking around a convention floor if you don't have somebody stop you every 10 minutes and tell you how cute you are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you're going to have to. Uh, Iana has the black invasion dress, the, the Queen Amidala dress. Yeah. and Had. Had. Um, because she's grown like six inches in the past year. So uh, Iana, unfortunately, has outgrown her favorite cosplay. Yes. Which was the one that was the real head turner. At every con she ever wore it at, and I think you're going to end up. Making I think another she's one. not saying it, but she's not. She, not she's, saying it. <laughs> well, she, yeah, she's pretty unhappy that that, she's that dress doesn't it. fit anymore. I actually bought a cup. Well, a couple of years ago now, about a year ago now, a lot of the materials I was planning to make one for myself, and it just didn't quite happen yet. So I've got. Like 10 yards of black velvet in a corner somewhere. Uh, I don't know, somewhere where fabric is rolled up. Fabric winds up in weird and obscure places in our house. <laughs> um, so I've got... By most... which she means everywhere. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, yeah. Okay, everywhere is kind of probably fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I've got most of the materials, that, but I think I may wind up making another one for Yana before I get one for myself. Which is fine. Well, it'll give you another practice run before you make yours. Yeah. Honestly, though, like, I do want to do the Black Invasion dress, but the one I really, really want to get done is that 
that red Senate dress. I know. Andrew doesn't want to spring the money for me to like have gold-plated headwear. I just don't know why he doesn't want to, you know, fork out for that. It's not like I've already spent a couple hundred dollars on materials for it or anything. <laughs> Right. Yeah, I don't tell Andrew how much I'm spending on a fabric at any given time. Just sort of like hoard hoard money and then like he's like, how much did you spend out of that? I spent $30 out of the bank account and just don't mention how much <laughs> I've kind of been squirreling away for months. I guess we should probably get into our Star Wars stuff. I mean, we kind of been Star Wars here, but not entirely. Not Star um, Wars newsy. Well, you know, uh, so how about that? Episode nine trailer. I was right. We we didn't get one. (laughs) I was like, I'm like, wait a second. How did you not give me any information about an episode nine trailer in preparation for this? You're the worst. I know, but (laughs) we're still waiting. No trailer. JJ Abrams might be the worst. Uh, I think. Did he do that to me just now? Make me look like an idiot on on the air? He's making making all of us podcasters look like idiots. He's just like. He's sitting there laughing he's because like, we when, don't have anything to talk about. Right. He's like, all right, now, when did they when did they say that this trailer was going to drop out? Not dropping it for the Super Bowl. Not <laughs> dropping it for Christmas. So, if they don't drop it for celebration, there's going to be a riot. Okay. So, yeah, still no trailer. Uh, at this point, we all should just resign ourselves to the fact that that trailer is not coming until the weekend of April 11th. So just over a month from now, we should have a Star Wars trailer. Others, other things. There's not a lot of news. We got some really cool stuff on Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're really gearing up. It's, I mean, it's getting well, awfully close. Disneyland opens summer. I don't know the date. Uh, Disney World's not opening till the fall. Can you imagine? I mean, they're opening. I mean, in the middle of the summer, and how hot is that going to be with all those people that are going to be up in there? I can't even imagine. That doesn't sound like fun. I mean, and it's Disney World and it's Star Wars land and it still doesn't sound that much fun. I mean, it's going to be so cool, though. Like, Oh, it is. I mean, everything they're showing looks amazing. That uh, The Rise of the Resistance ride, I, I think they're saying is the longest ride Disney's ever done. Yeah. I think they're saying over 20 minutes. That's that's unreal. And that ride looks amazing. Uh, they showed some of the walkthrough of the that's going to take you on and it looks incredible. Yeah. They, they hadn't really showed us a whole lot more of the, that I saw of the Millennium Falcon ride. Right. But yeah. I'm ready to see like what it looks like when you actually are sitting in the cockpit flying it. Yes. But yes. I, I don't know how soon we're actually going to see that. We'll see it after Disneyland. Right. Opens. Exactly. And I think that's probably, I kind of wonder if that's one they're not sort of holding in reserve until well they it might show opens. maybe they might show it they might show it at celebration or d23 d23 is actually well after disneyland opening oh is it yeah it's it's in late august oh, okay it's i didn't a, realize it was it's a week late. before it's it's the week before dragon con so it's the week before labor day weekend uh, okay your dad's going right yes Cool. Well, maybe we can get some special D23 scoops <laughs> if I'm not madly, frantically sewing. I'm not doing that this year. I'm going to do better. This is my this is my New Year's resolution. It's not to be working on projects until 3 o'clock in the morning the night before we're supposed to leave. Yeah, it doesn't really like do good things for the rest of for the weekend. No, and it doesn't do good things to my disposition, unfortunately. But uh, we got a lot of cool images of cast costumes. Yeah, they I, look I good. thought they had a very um, Rogue One kind of vibe. Yeah, 
they've got that that kind of vibe. A lot of very Rogue One type stuff. Particularly, mm-hmm. I thought the the Resistance yeah. personnel kind of had that a similar mm-hmm. vibe to the Rogue One stuff. Yeah. Um, of course, all of it's Resistance and First Order, which we talked right. about last week. You know. The resistance and first order are derivative of right, right. of the rebellion and the right. empire. And and of course you see a lot of those same things reflected, but you see a lot of the very plain clothes that you see you would expect to see on an outpost, like Moss Espa or right, right. that we saw on Jeddah mm-hmm. in places like that. Right. You know, it's not nice. Well, and you see a you know, in the prequels you see a lot of your more like really highbrow kind of costumes in well, we and in your the, original trilogy you yeah. see a lot more you know military mm-hmm. and and of course tatooine but uh rogue one was one one of the first live action things where they really explored you know kind of outside of those kind of confines so that may be why the costumes are just kind of a little more rogue one looking to me no that makes sense but they're they're very much the they're plain clothes. They're, what you see in those pictures is either military-type clothes mm-hmm. or what you would expect to see somebody walking around in a market. Yeah, exactly. And so it, it's... Uh, Honestly, I think the cool... I think my favorite thing about that was the name tags. The name tags are awesome. They do. It looks like they... Of course, it's got the Arabish um, mm-hmm. name underneath their, their English right. name. But it looked like they had... Uh, kind of developed a new script a new font yeah based on the arabish look yeah the, the very as the it's very yeah. got a very arabish aesthetic i think it's awesome i mean i'm really excited to see a new font associated with star wars that way we can kind of shake it up from the title star wars that they've used for so long and all of the marketing and everything i think it's really cool to have something that's really distinctly star wars that's also very alien looking and and different so that's exciting i'm excited to see that yeah no that that was very cool um we saw I'm trying to think what else we saw we saw pictures they've got a lot of um food. food it looks like they've got two restaurants i'm like super excited about all that food like, I want to know, like, where's the cookbook? I want the Galaxy's Edge cookbook. Hey, it might be available at Galaxy's Edge. I'm sure it will be. Are you kidding? If they can sell it, they're going to sell it. But, I mean, like, here's my thing, okay? And as previously stated, I'm really a nerd, okay? And I'm not just, like, a Star Wars nerd. I'm also, like, the most obnoxious history nerd. And so, like, whenever I have my May the 4th parties, like, I don't want to make Yoda soda, You know, I don't want to make little candies that are shaped like lightsabers. No, I want to know, like, what is in Galaxy Star Wars food? So then I spend stupid amounts of time on the Internet trying to find, like, well, what kind of meat should we be eating and what kind of anyway. So I'll be excited to have some actual resources for in Galaxy Star Wars food. Yeah, no, it's going to be, uh, the, the food looked good. The cantinas looked really, really neat. I know it's the one of the, the cookers, uh, in, in the food cooker, and one of them is designed to look like a, a pod racer uh, yeah, engine. Yeah, a reused pod racer engine. That's awesome. Uh, which is, is fantastic. They had drinks. Of course, they're actually, the they're going to do alcoholic beverages in the cantina. Which is unreal. 
you know, I don't know exactly. I've only been to Disney the one time as an adult, so I, I don't really know like what the history of alcohol being served in the park is. Some of those drinks are pretty exciting looking. See, I'm not a beer person. I don't like beer. I don't like the taste of beer. But now mixed drinks like fruity and sugary and ice mixed drinks, some of those were pretty exciting looking. Yeah, and no, I had some cool looking stuff. Mm-hmm. Super excited about all the stuff going on there, and I can't wait to go. Uh, of course, they're not open until fall of this year in Orlando, which right. is a lot more likely for us right? Um, as, as a destination. But I'm not sure I'm willing to go brave it too quickly. Like maybe not this winter, maybe like next winter. Yeah. Like find us a nice downtime. I think that's kind of what I'm envisioning. <laughs> Right. And also, you know, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily myself have an aversion to lines standing in lines, but with a you have an aversion to standing old, in a seven-year-old and a nine-year-old, I definitely have an aversion <laughs> to standing in a line. Yes, that's my thing. Like standing in lines is whatever. Standing in lines with kids is not fun. I mean, we took Elijah. Of course, Elijah's two years older now than he was at Star Wars Celebration Orlando. Yeah, whenever I told the guy next to us that this was my pitch for why not to have children, and he was like, yeah. (laughs) Well, in fairness at that point, it was, we'd been at the con all morning. It was the Hayden Christensen line, wasn't it? Yeah, it was the line for the Hayden Christensen photo ops. (sighs) And the three-year-old was laying on the floor. Rolling around. (laughs) Rolling back and forth through the line. Yep. Um, And wailing because he wanted to watch Octonauts on my phone. And I didn't have enough signal to download Octonauts. He was not okay. They moved the line three times. Because, oh, no, we can't have it this close to Mark Hamill's line because fire regulations. Then, oh, well, now it's back. And now where he's not here, he's... Yeah, it was the worst. We were literally in that line for like three hours. For those of you heading to Star Wars Celebration Chicago... May the force be with you. (laughs) I sincerely hope that the lines are better planned than they were at least there early at uh, at at Celebration Orlando. Because... The Mark Hamill line and the Hayden Christensen line got kind of out of hand. And then later in the week, you couldn't get through the mass of people that the the way they were organizing the lines, there was a mass of people clogging this narrow entrance into the photo. It's like a bottleneck. Yeah. Yeah. It was a bottleneck. And there was a guy basically standing up on a stool yelling what was next. And you had to fight your way through the crowd. It was. T- and I we, felt we so almost, sorry. We almost this. missed a photo op because we couldn't get through the crowd. Yeah. In fact, I'm pretty sure we had to like gripe at somebody pretty good to let us in there, because they were like, "Oh, I'm sorry, this line is closed." We're like, uh, "No, it's not," because we spent the last hour st- trying to get in this line. It was terrible. Yeah, no, it was bad. So, of course, that was that was tops, right? Yeah. That handled that. Or Reed Pop. Reed Pop. Yeah, it was Reed Pop. Tops was there. Tops was the one doing, was authenticating signatures. Okay. But yeah, Reed Pop was the one I kept hearing people gripe about. Yeah, Reed Pop. It it was bad. It was bad. I I hope it's better. I mean, we still had a great time. I don't want it to sound like we didn't have a great time. We did. And everybody we met in those lines was awesome. Yeah. Um, Hayden Christensen was absolutely awesome. Yeah. He, I mean, yeah, he was super, super nice. Yep. You know, like even you near know, the people around us, you know, people, especially people have been standing in lines for three hours. Some people were starting to get kind of moody, including our three-year-old. Is that the one where he wouldn't look at the camera? The pic- We have a picture of the back of his head. No, that was uh, either Tia Sakar 
or Ashley Eckstein. Yeah. It was one of them. I don't remember which one it was. And he, so we have a picture of our whole family there with the actor. And the back of Elijah's head. back of our three-year-old's head because he refused to look at the camera. So, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. But he was, Hayden Christensen was super nice. You know, he like talked to the kids and told them they looked nice. You know, they had their little costumes on. So it was exciting for them. It was exciting for me anyway. I don't know if they remember it, but I thought it was cool. That's the thing. Like I don't I know mean, how like, much of these things they actually remember. But I had a major schoolgirl crush on Hayden Christensen whenever, whenever Attack of the Clones came out. So I thought it was fun. But um, yeah, celebration's shaping up. It looks like it's going to be fun. I'm still a little put out that I'm not going to be there, but uh, I'm still lobbying for celebration next time to be in new orleans new orleans it needs to happen it does need to happen new orleans is the coolest and i mean like that convention center is not as big as orlando's but like it didn't take anything like the whole orlando convention center up yeah but orlando is top three and new orleans is just outside that and it's i think it's bigger than the facility in anaheim i mean that's a it's a massive it's 11 blocks long it's huge yeah they could easily host celebration in new orleans hashtag star wars celebration new orleans so um other stuff going on this week there hasn't been a lot so topher grace is a big star wars fan he has been always has been i mean it it, it showed you know they did all kinds of star wars gags of course you had to doing a that 70s show you had to do star wars right but he was always doing big Star Wars skits, yeah. gags yeah. in that. And, of course, he's made a hobby out of editing Star Wars. He edited, it's a good hobby. He edited the, edited the prequels into one mm-hmm. movie that he felt was more concise. I don't necessarily agree with all of the decisions he made on that, but, hey, it was still pretty neat. And I haven't actually watched the full 85-minute movie, mm-hmm. but by all accounts, it's really well done. Yeah. Of course, he just... I hope they edited out that fireside scene. Like, I mean, I love me some prequels, but I do not love me some fireside scene. So cringeworthy. Anyway, so Topher Grace has done it again. Yep. He created a new fan-made trailer for the entire Skywalker. Well, it's really kind of ventures beyond the Skywalker saga because he... All, all the Star Wars it's movies Every today. Star Wars movie to date leading up to episode nine, yeah. he created a, a master trailer. It was yeah. about six minutes long. Yeah. And I mean, like I kept hearing people talk about it. You know, I saw a lot of chat chatter about it. And I was like, I mean, it can't be that cool. I mean, it really was. It was... I mean, it was a little, it was almost tear jerking, you know, in a couple of, a couple of spots. It was like, wow, it's just, it's really um, poignant. Yeah, no, it was, it's very well done, which I didn't expect anything less from him, but it was, it was a lot of, a lot of fun to watch. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it really kind of gets you excited. And, and frankly, that's all I need to yes. be ready to go see episode nine. And honestly, I felt like he did a really beautiful job of really capturing the sort of the, a lot of the recurring themes, the foreshadowing and, and a lot of those sorts of things mm-hmm. that Star Wars really plays on the duel between Vader and Luke. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. No, the, the duel between Vader and Obi-Wan, and then the fight with Kylo Ren and he, Luke. He actually made some really cool connections there that I had not yeah. made. Yeah. And I, I, it made me actually appreciate that fight scene in yeah. The Last Jedi a little more because yeah. I had never really thought of it being reflective of, of Vader and Obi-Wan. Right. I don't know why. I mean, it should have been obvious. Yeah. Uh, especially after seeing it like that, right. you go, you know, of a course. light came on. It's like, 
Of course, Duh. you know he he strikes the Jedi and he disappears, you know. Mm-hmm. And well, in all, in, you know, in in Star Wars and in, in A New Hope, Vader strikes Obi Wan and it's just like the lightsaber right. just hits nothing. Right. And of course, the lightsaber just passing through this apparition of Luke. Right. Right. Um, and then the both of their both of them just the cloak just right hits the ground. So, oh. Um, I had not really tied that together that way, but I think that was like, you know, the entire thing. That was the one that it was like, wow. I mean, it was just, it was really beautiful. And of course, anytime you try and tie together that many, let me rephrase that. Anytime you try and tie together that large of a story, um, there's always going to be some room for interpretation. And I'm sure some people are going to take issues with some of the kind of, you know, directions he went. Well, he took some liberties. Mm-hmm. with the story that may or may not turn out to point. be i would say that at this point some of the liberties that he took with the story are not canon right but they could be right well and i feel like a lot and they of, make sense you know like i feel like a lot of the things that especially jedi say in star wars they they mean different things depending on your point of view whenever they say they're talking about the prophecy about the chosen one you know there's always a lot of speculation is anakin the chosen one is luke the chosen one is is ray the chosen one who's the chosen one there's lots of discussion and lots of people have different theories about who the chosen one is but when it comes down to it, it's a prophecy and it's subject to interpretation. You could say, well, you know, Anakin balance, the whatever, whatever the rationale you have, your particular explanation, it's open to interpretation. Just like the line whenever Yoda says, well, there is another. Well, what does that mean? Who is he talking about? Well, I think it's supposed to be open ended. So, yeah, it's fantastic. You should check it out. It's called Star Wars Always. Yeah, uh, it should be. The force will be with you. It's been out for a little over a week, and at this point, I, I'm sure it's available pretty much anywhere you stream video. Yeah, you know, YouTube. Yeah, and, definitely YouTube. Yeah. So as far as other stuff we have, I mean, there's there's virtually no news. I mean, we've officially hit the dead spot in the news cycle. Yes. Because the movie's done wrapping. You know, the movie's wrap. The there's the no Mandalorian trailer. is wrapped. The Mar- there's no trailer. Right. We they haven't started. Apparently, haven't started shooting the the new series with Diego Luna. No, I think they're talking soon. I think I, I really expect them to start shooting that one maybe this summer. Yeah, yeah. But as far as right. there being nothing right yeah, now, it's there's like, nothing right now. All right. So one of the things that we had going on, we talked a little bit about this last week. There are some new rumored potential series for the Disney Plus streaming service. Uh-huh. Uh possibly other places. I mean just because they're saying these are possible shows I would assume they're probably for Disney Plus, but they do have other venues oh, yeah. for releasing these for things, sure. including Hulu right. and ABC. I don't really Disney expect Channel to see any on ABC or Disney, Disney but I do expect <laughs> to see Channel. some of these shows. I expect eventually to see them do something on ABC. Yeah, I think so. And if they do decide to do something darker at some point, I, I suspect it'll go to Hulu. Probably, yeah. Now, I don't know how dark I ever expect them to really go with Star Wars. Probably not darker than Rogue One, but that's dark enough. Right. It, it, but it's one of those things like you're building a family park based around this franchise. Right. Like you're not necessarily ready to jump out there and do R-rated movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like okay. I really expect them to you know, really maintain that PG-13. Was Rogue One PG-13? Yeah, I think so. I don't think they've ever. There's never been an R-rated Star Wars, I don't think. Maybe not. 
there's violence, but there's no blood and gore. It's there were some names, and I just wanted to run through them and just kind of get some general reactions. Did you see this list of possible series? I don't think so. I mean, it seems like I saw something, but I don't remember. Well, they've thrown a few out there. The first of them is a young Princess Leia. No, I definitely haven't seen this list. Okay. That one, I don't know. You read the Princess Leia novel. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what time period that covers. I know it covers her, like, teenage years. But, but she's a, a real... teen. But, like, I don't know how close it approaches A New Hope. Let me think for a second. Um, It covers probably about a year. But she's a pretty but how far... young teenager. I mean, I think she's like 13, 14. This, it really covers the era when she's first really learning about what her father is doing. Exactly. That's exactly okay. what it covers is when she first, you know, this it kind of starts This off... is not covering her becoming a senator herself. Um, this covers her doing like definitely doing political, you know, young politicians, meetings and banquets and meeting other people who were in the young, I don't remember what they call it, the young politicians program, basically, and being miffed because her parents are giving her the attention she feels like she should be getting. So this is the the teenager growing up and realizing the world's bigger, the the galaxy is bigger than her. Exactly. And realizing that She's not, you know, her parents aren't keeping things from her just for the sake of doing it. Okay. That, so so there that. is still plenty of room in there yeah. to have a series about her, advent, you know, her exploits. Oh, definitely. In the early days of the rebellion. I mean, and honestly, there's no reason, I don't think, although they haven't done, adapted any novels or graphic novels you know into movies or tv shows at this point but at some point i kind of suspect they're going to start to run up against needing to portray stories that have already been written right in a um in a film setting and so there's really no reason why they can't use some aspects um, from that novel and of course, doing that affects you know who you cast because the the person that everybody's been yelling for is Millie, Millie Bobby, Bobby Brown. Brown. The Leia one, I'm I'm all for that. As, as as we've discussed, it's a matter of recasting that character, mm-hmm. and I don't really know how they feel about that. I mean, obviously, this list was the same list that the Obi Wan thing came off of. This has some weight to it. Right. These are not things they're gonna make, but they're at least things that have been thrown against the wall. I mean, I don't see how. A Princess Leia series isn't a hit, especially with the push that Disney is clearly trying to make for female characters right now. I agree. The only thing I see as a fear there is, one, a backlash about recasting Carrie Fisher. Mm -hmm. And two is the people that are yelling, do things, do something new. Right. And I... I, I'm all for more. I want lots more of the things we know. I do want new stuff. I want both. Yeah. But, but there are some people that are like, do something new. And they have a valid point. Where they do. Disney but almost, if they want Millie Bobby film, Brown as Princess Leia, then they do it now. Right. But there has been a problem where Lucasfilm, almost like there's a hesitation mm-hmm. to stray away from the the core story of the Skywalker right. saga. Well, and, and that's not really new. I mean, most of the EU material. I mean, I know there were some things that dealt with well, other things, but wasn't the, most of it centered around between Jedi and on? Almost all there was there were no expanded universe books that predated the original series. 
There were a couple that fell during the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. Nothing pre-A New Hope was ever written. That was off limits. Okay. So even like the Darth person that everybody's always so... Malik? Well, there's Malik Malik and Revan. Okay, so Malik and Revan were a video game. They were a video game, yeah. And they were... But but they're old enough they didn't really... Well, I, I should have said no. There were no novels, right? Okay, written no books. There, there, of course, there was that game, and of course, it's right. way before. Right, right. But I think in some ways they're kind of falling into a similar, dare I say, rut of of kind of wanting to. I think they're so interested in trying to connect the original series with the current movies that they're making. Mm-hmm. No, I, I definitely think there's some of that, but I really, I have a suspicion that there is some fear as to whether or not this can remain as a f- big of a phenomenon as it is. Once you Move take, away. once you take this, this core story that we know so well and right. set it aside and go somewhere else and tell a story that has nothing to do with those things. Right. There's nothing necessarily familiar other than maybe locations. Right. But, you know. But you have to at some point. You can't you just do. Keep... It, it, die, it will die on the vine if they don't do that. Well, and you can only tell so many stories, especially at the rate that they're pumping out graphic novels or comic books, novels, young adult novels. Not to mention all of the animated series that they're working on, The Mandalorian, you know, I mean, you can only do so much within a 60-year gap before you really, and you can only tell so many new stories without sort of rehashing the same old things and starting to step on other people's toes. Right. Well, but you can tell infinite stories in that time period if you leave your core story alone. Right. But and, that's, I mean, it, but that's, a, but it's the exact same issue with doing a different time period. If you, you go off somewhere that isn't affected by the Death Star blowing up. Right. But you can still tell stories of people affected by the war. That's true. I mean, that's without what telling the Lost stories. Stars was, right? Lost Stars is, tells a story during the time of the original trilogy mm-hmm. from a completely new point of view where you have some familiar events that affect the story but it is a brand new story around brand new characters with the exception of a few familiar faces that show up namely uh, Tarkin. Rogue One definitely had an effect on the I mean of course on the events of the original trilogy but you saw very little of any established characters in Rogue One Um, and it was kind of its own sort of subset of story and characters and you know that were only loosely affiliated with the ones we knew and i feel like rogue one was very successful so hopefully they will kind of be um heartened by that so i'll go ahead and just run through the rest of the list real quick and we can talk about them but the first one was princess leia uh the second is a captain phasma series Hmm. the next one is a knights of ren series Huh. Well, that one certainly isn't going to be till after nine. Yeah. Well, I mean, at this point, nothing's getting made till after nine, That's true. except for um, the ones that they're already doing. Well, yeah, the ones that have already been announced officially. Right. Right. Um, you might get an announcement of an of another one, um, and of course, I, the the Knights of Ren at this point is by far the most interesting to me. But 
I think we have to wait until after nine to see if it's even reasonable to make a right. story about them. It depends on how much we learn about them. Right. I mean, although, I mean, clearly they are a thing. So even if the story about them is. But it really is a matter of how long in our story. We don't really know how long, how long they've existed. They've existed. But I mean, we don't even long... know who they were. We don't know if they're some of we don't know if they're the students that Kylo Ren took with him when he right. when he left the Jedi Academy. Right. Or if they're some completely different group of people. Right. So maybe they're Sith, like race of Sith, the red skinned people. So until we see. See, nine. I've been on Wikipedia. I so, know stuff. <laughs> so until we've seen episode nine, I don't know how much of a judgment you can really make. I mean, at face value, that's the one I want the most. Right. Okay. Because it's it's intriguing. It's something right. we know nothing about. Exactly. Every, all these others we know. Right. Uh, the next one on the list is a Rose Tico series. I'm a little confused by that one because I don't. In my head, she doesn't have a lot of a backstory to tell. I mean, unless you're going to go with, you know, where where has she been? Where does she come from? The events surrounding her and her sister deciding right. to join now, the if you make it a Right. Now, if you make it a Rose and Page series, yeah. I think it's a little more interesting. Because otherwise... You know, it's, it's it's one of those things. It's She's like, a pretty low key character. That's their kind of story, her point. their story, almost begins, and I, you know, I'm I'm not one of the people that has a problem with the character. I just think that her character's purpose was to challenge Finn. That was her character's purpose. Now, her her purpose may grow beyond that right. in this next movie. Although early indications were that. She's one of the characters that might be slightly sidelined and not because she's not an important character or because they don't want to tell more of her story, but because you've got this big story that you've got to tell right. that everybody that's not part of this core, mm-hmm. you know, the Skywalker saga right. is going to kind of get sidelined here because you've got so much story you've got to finish. And honestly, I feel like... I mean, this this has to be yeah. Luke's, Kylo's, and Ray's story. right. right. And I feel like, honestly, in some ways, they did a disservice to some characters that could have been, I think, a lot more interesting just by having so many of them in in The Last Jedi, especially. You know, it's like, and then there's this character, and you don't really know anything about him. And so, like, he, although, I mean, I guess Lando was kind of that character. You um, had you had characters kind of like that in the old, in the original trilogy. Yeah. But you generally were following the story of, Right. More or less four characters. Right. I mean, you had their companions, mm-hmm. but you had the three uh, protagonists. Yeah. And you had Darth Vader. Right. That's true. And and those are your characters. Those are your main. Yeah, your, those your, are the ones you're most That is, following. they are the story. Everybody else is a companion to those characters. Right. Uh, well, even the Emperor, who's a bigger character than Vader, right. is still, as far as the story is told... He's what is controlling your He's main... the puppeteer, basically. He's yeah. the one who's pulling all the strings, trying to get everything where he wants it to right. be. So, Turns out he's been doing that from the very beginning because he's a sneaky, slimy snake. There is one more show on the list, and this might actually be the most intriguing of all of them, Okay, is Darth Bane. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bane was a character from the old, le- what's now Legends. So, of course, Darth Bane is the... Sith Lord that Yoda meets in the temple in in Yoda's Ark at the end of the Clone Wars run. Right. 
And that character from Legends, of course, from the old expanded universe, right. created the rule of two. Mm-hmm. And in this this episode, they brought at least that little piece of his story back into canon. canon. So, of course, Bane, you're going way back. Maybe they'll pull in that uh, Mandalorian Jedi they talked about. Yeah. That's the one I want to see. I'm like, I super want to see this Mandalorian Jedi. (laughs) Right. They, like, told us about for 30 seconds in Rebels. You know, Filoni created so many great things. Like, as I've said before, and and everybody's well aware of, he is the heir apparent storyteller. Yes, definitely. In this universe to George Lucas. Mm Mm-hmm. He, he really has a feel for developing this lore. Maybe he, uh, there are maybe a lot he of people gets the Darth writing, Bane movie. There are a lot of people writing Star Wars right now. Yeah. And they're writing great character stories. Mm-hmm. But no one is writing lore right. like Filoni. Filoni is writing some of the best science fiction and fantasy lore written in decades. Right. Yeah, definitely. I think that's fair. Well, like I said, maybe he gets the uh, maybe he gets the Darth Bane movie. He would be a good one uh, to do that. Yeah. Um, but now, I mean, you know, we've got those we've got those in addition to the Obi One. Obi One, it sounds like, is almost a sure thing at this point. Yeah. And I really, I'm really expecting an announcement. Yeah. At, at celebration, I'm gonna be very disappointed if there's no announcement. Mm-hmm. I was um, very disappointed. I really, last time I really then. hope they did something. A lot of people are upset with. There's a 20th anniversary panel for the Phantom Menace. Okay. But they pushed it to Monday. They're going to do the Phantom Menace 20th anniversary panel on Monday after most people have left. Oh, no. Because you know how people do the last day of a con. You know, at Dragon Con, we went to Dragon Con and we were like, we're going to do the whole thing. And then we showed up on Monday and people are packing and leaving. It was like, now, of course, those are some of the fun dates for some of the panels because they're not as crowded. Exactly. But... But it's not the day to go and have your big panel for sure. Right. Unless they're expecting that to draw more people, unless they're expecting people to stay on through Monday for that panel. But what a fun panel that would be to um, announce an Obi-Wan movie yes. in, or a TV series. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, I mean that, that seems like the fitting place for it. Is, is Ewan McGregor going to be there for that panel? I don't know. Has he been announced? I don't think he's been announced. Was he there? In Orlando? No. He wasn't. No. I don't know if he's ever done a celebration. He may have done some of the early ones back in the... Back uh, when it was a contractual obligation. <laughs> I mean, they started these back during the prequels. Right, so yeah. he, he probably did some of the early ones. Right. But I don't know when the last time he went to a Star Wars celebration was. Yeah. But they, they may still announce him, and they may not announce you remember him. They he were, may they just were... show up. Yeah. Because I don't they, think they announced Harrison Ford. No. I mean, and, there were rumors the whole weekend when we were there that, oh, somebody saw Hugh McGregor. You remember they kept, mm-hmm. like, that was the thing people kept saying, you know, when you're standing in those three-hour lines. Turned out to be an Ewan McGregor talk. cosplayer. Really? No. <laughs> you're just making stuff up. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to start cosplaying as the actors that play the characters yeah. instead of the characters. And just see if you can get mobbed. Like, see how many rumors you can start. Like, um, oh, did you hear? Sebastian um, stands here. He's totally going to be the new Luke Skywalker in the new movie. Yeah, I can hear it. But of these of these that were listed here, which one of those would be the one that you would pick to get made? Hmm. That's an interesting question. I'm, I mean, obviously, you know how I feel about the Obi-Wan thing. So, no, yeah, not counting not, Obi-Wan. Not Obi-Wan, okay. Well, we know, we, we've got... We're pretty sure that's happening. We're pretty anyway. sure that's happening. Okay, so, barring Obi-Wan, I mean, honestly, 
I've got little Leia obsessed girls that have a really hard time not going in for Leia. Yeah, I, I'm I'm really on board with that one. I would have a hard time picking a favorite. I mean, kind of right now, I'd have yeah. a top three. Um, obviously, a Bane series does the most for lore. Right. You know, if you want to build a backstory for right. the Sith, yeah, and that's, then you make the Darth Bane I'm series. with you. I think that's a really intriguing, and that's one that's like really far removed from the actual events we're dealing with, but it deals with the same concepts. It deals with a lot of established lore, and a lot of your EU fans, I think, would be really excited about yeah. Bane. And they, they're clearly, you know, they're making a real effort in the fan service department. They are. I, I think the Bane series, I I think that that's probably the one that I would want the most just because it, it does the most to build new stuff. Right. You can tell the Leia, you can tell a Leia story, but we've, right. we've always like we kind of gone, going. we know where she started and we know where she ends up. Right. So you're just kind of giving us some middle ground. Right. And it would be great. I'd love to see that. Yeah. But it doesn't do much for growing the brand. Um, right. A Bane series has the most potential to grow something new and big. Yeah, completely. No, and, and, and to be the first, different. and to be that first thing to push into new territory. Because yeah. you can go do a Bane series and never touch anything except things we've heard through myth and legend. Stories we've heard told. Right. So mm-hmm. you can go there and, and that can be your launching point. For something new. Unless, of course, it turns out that Ryan Johnson's trilogy are whatever. You know, a couple weeks ago, they said the Benioff and Weiss thing was definitely a trilogy. Of course, that came from the president of HBO. And, of course, now they've kind of, there's some indication like maybe he misspoke. Maybe he didn't know what he was talking about. I still think if they're getting a movie, I still think they're getting a trilogy. Because they're them. Right. How I mean, do you do you really convince them to come out and do anything less than tell a grand story right now at this point, right fresh off of Game of Thrones? I don't think so. No, you you I I, I really think if you're going to go get them, you want them for three movies. Yeah, of course, we're hearing so. like absolutely nothing about Ryan Johnson. Crickets. We we have no idea what movies next, and nope. presumably and they're wanting to go a celebration, back. Like I said, the nerd riot. If they don't announce a ne- the next movie at Star Wars Celebration, there's going to be some panic. Because mm-hmm. people are going to start going, okay, what's really going on? Like, there have kind of been rumblings like, oh, there are problems at Lucasfilms that kind of, like, whatever, probably not. But if they don't announce something at Celebration, I think you're right. I think people are going to start going, okay, seriously now, what's the deal? Mm-hmm. No, I-, I think people are going to panic and go, are you backpedaling, like, are we fixing to get another big gap in Star Wars m- movies? I mean, you know? it doesn't seem like the thing to do after having spent $75 billion on a Star Wars land. So I think they have to announce the next movie. Mm-hmm. The real question is, is it one of these trilogies, is it the first movie in one of these trilogies, or is it going to be another anthology film? Yeah. Well, because really if they because movie. if you want to go back to the one year model, which all indications are that they're not slowing this ship down. I mean, there were some right. talks about slowing down, and I think what they meant was slowing down their development process for right. for not just throwing everything out at once, right? But to slow down and be a little more methodical in putting things out, which I think they've done. I still think they're going to go to a one movie a year model. They can announce something in April. Mm-hmm. 
and there there's been some rumors that something may be already gearing up yeah for for filming okay so it might be the cassie and andor series mm-hmm. or it might be whatever movie's next right now if it's the next movie then it's not one of the trilogies okay because Benioff and Weiss are still really tied up. Yeah. They're too tied up right now to start filming. Finishing Game of Thrones. I don't think they can make a movie right now and have it out by December of 2020. Mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson probably could, but right. because there's been zero, it's just, like you said, crickets. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's that. I think it's maybe one of these things we're hearing rumblings about here might actually right. be a be movie. A movie. Um, yeah. Or they could announce a solo too. I would be down I, with that. I, I still think the movie's getting a bad rap for nothing. It made money. It it didn't make as it much money as fun. they wanted it to, but it still performed well. It could have performed better. But the reception to it from people that finally checked it out when it came out on Netflix right. has been good. Yeah. Um, it's rare for me to see someone bashing solo right that's actually seen it exactly yeah there are some but there are some that are just going to hate anything that comes out right now and they're going to hate anything that has disney and star wars on the title screen right and of course you know lucasfilm if lucasfilm went back to being its own company it would be 20 years before you got another movie so right. i don't know what people are that's there's some people that just aren't going to be happy and of course they exist on both sides and and I mean that's not that's everything. That's I'm not a, just I mean there were I'm actually very, very worried about what's going to happen if Raylo is not a thing. Oh. Like No. I, you know Mothers I, of the World Unite. Raylo is a bad thing. I think there's gonna be people that are gonna lose their minds no, you're if that right. doesn't happen. Because it's so and I romantic say because, to have a super abusive man and the girl just goes for him. Right. But, you know, it, it's one of those things where... But no, a lot of people are really emotionally invested in it. They are. Mostly they're just men, as though. There are people that I are just though. as emotionally invested in Raylo as were invested in having a certain picture of the way the sequel trilogy would happen in their heads. Yep. And those people got their feelings hurt. Yep. I mean, it didn't go nearly the way I thought it was going to go. I didn't get my feelings hurt about it. I still have mixed feelings about things that happen in The Last Jedi. And depending on what happens in episode nine, it may be that you're supposed to. Right. That's Um, true. You know, it may be that that episode eight was intentionally gave you certain misgivings Mm -hmm. in order to finish the story. story. And, And of course, anytime you have a middle chapter in a trilogy, it always kind of hangs there depend you know and depends on what happens in the third movie the third movie like right now i like the last jedi it's Mm -hmm. fairly low there's no star wars movie i don't like no canon star wars movie that i don't like it kind of hangs in the middle somewhere for me Mm -hmm. now depending on how episode nine uses that story it could be your new favorite it could end up being one of my favorites or it could just plummet to the bottom of the list yeah yeah, and that's the, I mean, like I've said before, I wouldn't be J.J. Abrams for anything right now. No. More power to him, but geez, I can't imagine that kind of pressure. 
No, and he's 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 a very good storyteller. Oh, he is, and, and, he's... and the only person that honestly, the only person that I would have rather been making episode nine is Dave Filoni or oh. John Favreau or John Favreau because yeah. John Favreau, I, he's he's golden right now. He's been golden for. 10 years, mm-hmm. maybe longer. But I mean, from the moment he made Iron Man one, from the moment he made that first Iron Man movie, yep. everything he's touched has been gold. Yep. Anytime they announce him on yeah. anything, I get excited. Yeah. Of course. And of course he's not making episode nine, but he is making the Mandalorian. Right. So it works out. I feel like JJ Abrams has been pretty, uh, pretty golden in Star Trek. So yeah, no, J.J. Abrams is a good storyteller. Um, now, of course, he made one and two, did he? Yeah, he made he made three. He didn't make four because he was already working on Star Wars. There is Wars. no four. There is no four? There's only three? All right, well, he didn't make the most recent one. Yeah, three. Okay. Simon Pegg wrote that one. I don't okay. know who directed. So, yeah, he, he only did the first two. He didn't feel like he should be doing Star Wars and Star Trek at the same time. Well, I don't think it was possible. No, but even if, I mean, they could have theoretically probably held off on production a little longer till he was done with star Wars if they'd really wanted to. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know. We're just kind of to see where some of this stuff goes, but there's some cool series that could wind up being made. And of mm-hmm. course I suspect that's just a partial list. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I'm, and I, I still, and you know, somebody's going to listen to this and get mad at me for not wanting a Rose Tico show, but frankly, she's the only, that's the only one that I look at and I go, I just don't know what there is to tell. I mean, now they somebody could do it and have an absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. idea. Yep. And well, and honestly, it could be phenomenal. That may be the one that I find the most intriguing because that's the one that's the least obvious of a like. Here's clearly the story. Like, I mean, Darth Bane, you have a pretty good idea where that story's gonna go. You don't really have any idea what you have an idea what the bones are. You know, Rose Tico. The only, we only really see her for like two days right. of her entire life. You have very little information about where she comes from, where she's going. You know, they could always place this after um, the sequel trilogy or they could go back before. You know, so I feel like in a lot of ways, she's the most, maybe the one with the most unrealized potential. Does that make sense? Yeah, possibly. It just... That would be a big that that one's going to be a big task if someone takes that one on. Yeah, that's I I really feel like that's the least likely one to get made. Yeah, of of the I five. think that's probably true. Yeah, and it's not that I have a problem with it being made. It's just it seems like it's it's the one that doesn't have an instant following, and they currently kind of seem to be doing things that have an instant pre built in following that they don't have to build. Yeah. Of course, you know, there are a lot of people that really like that character. Mm-hmm. But again, I think that's one that you definitely at least have to wait till after nine. For sure. To see where that character story goes. Yeah. And I mean, at this point, like I said, we really know so little about her. At this point, there could be a twist where she could be way cooler of a character than we anticipate or she could wind up being a villain we just don't even know enough about her really to make any kind of profound judgment about what kind of person she even is at this point right so no that that's an interesting one and but i I really feel like the knights of ren 
the Leia, the even Phasma. I don't, I haven't read the Phasma book yet. I don't know enough. Of, I know it kind of builds her backstory of where she came from. Right. But anywhere within that, you always have room to have this story. Now, of course, anytime right. you go making a story about a villain. Right. That making a good story with the villain as the main character, it can be challenging. It is. Yeah, for sure. Um, And honestly, I think that the fact that, the most recent round of Tarkin novels has haven't just been as resounding of a success. The Thrawn novels. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Thrawn novels. The most recent round of Thrawn novels hasn't been the same kind of resounding success, but I think that maybe they were kind of hoping they would be. They're not as big of a story as the Thrawn, original Thrawn trilogy. Well, right, because there are a lot. I mean, I think when the original Thrawn trilogy, just to hear timothy zahn talk it sounds like they were pretty much given a really wide berth with the story they wanted to tell mm-hmm. and, Dis- well, it's, and it's disney a- doesn't give people a wide berth anymore it's like and here are the parameters you have to stay in the parameters and i think that that makes telling a compelling villain story that much more difficult mm-hmm. because um in order to it, it, it's a bigger challenge to tell a story compelling story for a villain to start with Right. It's a bigger challenge. Because you have to make people like... At least empathize with the character on some level. Right. Um, And so if you have a really narrow set of parameters, you're making an already almost impossible task that much harder. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed the first Thrawn novel. I still need to read the second one. I need to read the second one because the third one's coming out this, this spring. Is it really? Yeah, I think the third one comes out... Like end of April or beginning of May. Okay, uh, it's coming. So I've got to I've got to read too. Um, but you know the I, I really enjoyed the first one, but the character has been he's in some ways a shell of the character that Legends fans knew, and I think right. that's why it hasn't performed quite as well. Right. I mean, I didn't. Read I think the Legends original. fans have still enjoyed it. Some of them. <laughs> some of them. Some mm-hmm. some legends. Some people are legends fans. They're 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 that's no. what they're fans of, right. and they're never going to accept anything now, anything right. new. Right. They're they're locked in, yeah. And that's the end of Star Wars for them. Yeah, which is fine, but that's yeah. But they're it's it's never going to be. But I think like as a legends fan myself, as you know, the Throne trilogy is one of my all time favorite book trilogies. Right. The, the Heir to the Empire is one of my favorite books ever. Right. I can still see that character there. Right. But for people who didn't read those books, picking it up and reading it, they're seeing a character that's not as big as the character I know. Although, I mean... Not I as really, menacing, not as big. I really enjoyed the Thrawn novels. Although, were the original Thrawn novels, were they actually written... From his point of view, what, what what character point of view were they? They're not written from Thrawn's point of view. That's okay. the other challenge. That's a real challenge because this tell- is Luke dealing dealing. You know the the original is the our original characters. It's uh, I don't remember how many years. It's just real soon, a year or two after Return of the Jedi. Okay, this fleet appears. reappears right. th- that had been out somewhere on some In mission. The regions reappears with this commander that they're not familiar with right and so it's kind of so it's a little more like the empire is basically reborn so it's almost more like the view of thrawn we get in rebels than the view of thrawn we get in the new books where he's sort of like this scary menacing character that our 
actual protagonists mm-hmm. are encountering. Yeah. And that's completely different. Yeah. I mean, you get chat, you know, you get things from Thrawn's point in the book, in the right. old books, but it's, it's a continuation of Star Wars where the empire shows back up and our heroes go back into action. Right, right. So it, it's different than writing a, a point of view. Almost, yeah, writing a, you know, well, kind of a military a, point of view right, exactly. book from the point of the villain. Well, and even even more challenging, but the what second he has book done was a those... point of view for Thrawn and for Vader. Okay. Let's make that now, even more complicated. Yeah. Now, what he has done a good job with in the old stuff, you know, Thrawn was the villain. Right. You, you felt no empathy or connection to Thrawn right. other than that like this guy's a badass. Right. Like kind of like Rommel. He's a Rommel like character. It's like I mean there are definitely some admirable things, but he's still a Nazi. Right. Like, yeah, I mean he's kind of got some highbrow sort of ways of looking at things, but he's still an Imperial officer. Right. So you're getting two different two different things and in these books I do feel like Zahn has done a really good job of connecting you to that character in mm-hmm. a way that makes you go maybe he could not always be a bad guy or at least maybe because his status he, as a bad guy isn't as cut and dry as we always thought it was but what he craves is order what he craves and it's not it's not necessarily power right you know vader and and the emperor crave power and he, he also, craves order he does, and he also has loyalties that are still right. And that's the thing we've learned about a question these, mark. Right. You know, he's still. It turns out maybe he isn't the emperor's man through and through, like we always maybe assumed that he was. Was yeah. He's he. I mean, he's loyal as long as they're loyal to him, well, and as long as they're the best mechanism for creating order. Right. Well, and the thing is, it's it's very clear that Thrawn is loyal, but no one is quite sure who he is ultimately loyal to. Mm-hmm. Now, I think this new book it mentions, you know, questioning some loyalties, and mm-hmm. I think we're going to get a little more into the territory of the time of rebels in this one. And yeah. I'm really hoping maybe this is a launching point, gets us to a point in his story and a point in the story of what is going on on his home, in, you know, with right. the Chiss Ascendancy that maybe gives us some indication of what him and Ezra might be up to. And honestly, I don't think that they left. Oh, speaking of him and Ezra, happy one year anniversary of the end of Rebels. Oh, yeah. My kids were just whining about that this afternoon. I like Rebels. Resistance, okay, but I really just miss Rebels. Yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah. You know, I really like a lot of things, but I really liked Firefly. <sighs> I don't want to talk about Firefly. Why would you do that? And Nobody wants to talk speaking about Firefly. Of, I like a lot of shows, but I really like Into the Badlands, and they're killing that one, they're too. They're killing that? I'm really unhappy about that. See, I'm always like talking about it, and people are like, what? I know this is a Star Wars podcast, but if you're listening to this and you haven't watched Into the Badlands... If you're an adult. Yeah, you should probably be an adult you should not. to listen to into the to watch into the Badlands. But if you if you're listening and you're an adult, you're missing out if you haven't been watching into the Badlands. If you like science fiction and fantasy storytelling, you're missing one of the best things on TV. True story, but it's not going to be on TV much longer because they kill all the things I love except Star Wars. <laughs> I think we're about done here, boys and girls. Yep, that's going to do it for tonight. And next week, 
Marisha. As previously mentioned, Marisha won't be here, so we'll see who shows up to do this show with me. Or Somebody I can just better do it. be two different people. and That could be fun. Could... I don't know. I think you should call Robbie and tell him that if he doesn't come on, you're not going to be his brother anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening. Let us know what you thought. Marisha, what do you have on the internet you'd like for people to look at? I've got cute pictures of my kids on Instagram. Mostly that's where I am these days. Princesses underscore and underscore Padawans on Instagram. The underscores, you know, they look really nice. They're not so great when you say them. Um, but that's where I have most of my cosplay pictures and just general things that I'm doing in life these days. Also, I'm on the internet, princessesandpadawans.com. And I have a few things on there that I'm really proud of. And if I had more self-discipline, there'd be more. Alas. Where can we find you on the internet, Andrew? <laughs> All right, you can find me on Twitter at sci underscore fictionary.com. That's the best place to find me right now is running the Twitter page for this podcast, for the Padawan Report, and for the sciencefictionary.com. You can also hear us on the Padawan Report with our tiny people. We'll be recording an episode before we leave town, so stay tuned for that. All right. All right, so we hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will catch you next week. And until then, may the Force be with you. 